First Kings, starting in chapter 19, I'm, I'm probably going to make this recording two chapters because I'd like to catch up on my four chapters a day routine. So Ahab tells Jezebel all that Elijah had just done, and, and Jezebel's angry and sends a letter to Elijah saying, May the gods do to me even more if I do not make your life as, as the prophets of Baal by tomorrow this time. So she's promising to kill him. And so uh, uh, Elijah is scared. He runs for his life all the way down to Beersheba, which would be a long run, with uh, his servant. And then he goes, he leaves his servant there, goes an extra day, ends up under a juniper tree, and uh, he just wants to die. He's praying to God, just, you know, help me die. And uh, an angel touches him and says, arise and eat. And he looks, and there's a bread cake there baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So God's again providing for his needs. And so he ate and drank and, and lay down in the water again. So he's laying down, we don't know how long. Angel comes to him again, arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he, same thing, he rises and eats. And he went on the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. So this is very similar to Moses and later Jesus, you know, going 40 days, 40 nights without food and water, uh, you know, in, in Moses and Elijah's case, up at a mountain. Um, and, uh, and then so he's, you know, finds a cave and he's staying there. And then the Lord asks, what are you doing here? And he says, I've been zealous for you. Uh, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword and I'm alone left and they seek my life to take it away. So he just feels alone in the world like he's the only one that stands for God. So God tells him to stand uh, at the opening of the of the cave from the top of the mountain and he says uh, uh, you know before Let's see, I don't know if he says it or there's just the text says it. And behold, the Lord was passing by. So there's a great strong wind just breaking the rocks into pieces, but the Lord was not in the wind. And there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But then Elijah heard a gentle blowing of the wind and or sound of blowing. And uh, there he heard the voice of the Lord. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he repeats the same thing. I've been zealous for you. The people are against you. I'm alone. Take my life. And the Lord says, go return on your way to the wilderness to Damascus, or of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael, king of Aram. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shiphet, of Abel Mehola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall come about the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel, Jehu shall put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, every mouth that has not kissed him. So um, the Lord's basically going to give him what he wants, um, but he's got a, a big mission to complete first. So Elijah goes down and he finds Elisha and he's plowing with 12 pairs of oxen and uh, Elijah passed over to him and threw his mantle on him. And so he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and mother and then I will follow you. 
And he said to him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So he returned from following him and took the pair of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the implements of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and ministered to him. It never occurred to me uh, what happened to the uh, Elijah's old assistant. He left him in Beersheba 40 days ago and then we don't hear about him again. Um, okay, and then we're on to chapter 20. And now we switch over to Ben-Hadad of Aram is is really wanting to fight. So he sends messengers to Ahab, king of Samaria or Egypt. and Well, he's he's besieging Samaria, and but the messengers talk, and he says, uh, your silver and your gold are mine, and your most beautiful wives and children are mine. So you know, I'm going to take all your most precious things. And the king of Israel basically submits and says, okay, they're all yours. And then that's not enough for Ben-Hadad. And he says, and I want more than that. We're going to go through every one of your homes and find anything we think is desirable to you. And we're going to take that too. And so this is a bit too much for uh, Ahab. So he calls the elders of the land together. He tells the elders, look, I, I was willing to give up my gold, my silver, my most, you know, my wives and my children. And they're, he, now he's wanting more. He's being unreasonable here. And so the elders said, don't listen to him. And uh, so he sent messengers to Ben-Hadad, tell my lord the king, all that you sent for to your servant at first I'll do. In other words, you can have the gold, silver, and wives and children, um, but I can't do the rest. And so the messengers brought that message. And Ben-Hadad said to him, you know, basically, I'm going to destroy you by tomorrow. No, sorry, I assume that... He uses a very similar phrase to Jezebel, but he does not say tomorrow. May the gods do to me, and more also, if the dust of Samaria will suffice for handfuls for all the people who follow me. And then the king of Israel replies. Basically, he says, don't talk smack. <laughs> we haven't fought this fight yet. And so Ben-Hadad gets this, and he, he tells his people, get ready, we're going. Then a prophet approaches Ahab and says, I'm going to deliver this, this uh, nation to you so you know that I'm the Lord. And Ahab says, by whom? And he says, by the young men of the provinces. And so they muster 232 young men. And after that, all the other people, 7,000. And they go to uh, attack him while Ben-Hadad's drinking at noon. Yeah, Ben-Hadad's drinking himself drunk. And uh, he's got 32 kings with him, uh, who I assume he's conquered along the way. And so the young men are coming out first in uh, Ahab's army, and, and uh, Ben-Hadad is told uh, men have come out from Samaria, and he says if they come out for peace, take them alive, or if they have come out for war, take them alive. So he's not very concerned. And so the young men and then the army behind them uh, have a great victory. Uh, the Arameans are fleeing. Israel's pursuing them. Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, escaped with horse and horsemen. Uh, king of Israel went out, struck the horses and chariots, killed the Arameans with a great slaughter. And so the prophet tells him, go and strengthen yourself, see what you must do. At the turn of the year, the king of Aram is going to come up against you again. And so the king of Aram's counselors are telling him that the Israel's gods are gods of the mountains, and so that's why they were stronger than us, but if we fight them in the plains, we'll win. And so gather together a new army and we'll do this, and... He agreed. And so turn of the year, Ben-Hadad mustered the Arameans again, and they went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And so they gathered again for a new battle, and uh, the Arameans were a way bigger army 
than, than Israel. And then the, a prophet shows up again to the king of Israel and says, Because the Arameans have said that the Lord God is a God of mountains, but not valleys, I will give them into your hand and show them that I am Lord, or at least show you that I am Lord. So the armies camped against each other for seven days, and then they had the battle. The sons of Israel killed a hundred thousand Arameans, and the rest fled to Aphek, where a wall falls on them and kills twenty-seven thousand. Um, and then uh, Ben Hadad fled, fled to the city in the inner chamber, and his servants said to him, "Behold, now we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful." So he said, "Put sackcloth on and go out." And maybe he'll he'll give you your life. And he goes out, you know, or they go out, him and his servants and sackcloth and ropes and said, please let me live. And Ahab says, oh, is he still alive? He's my brother. And then it's kind of weird. Um, I mean, Ahab's in total control here, but Ben-Hadad starts telling him what the arrangement's going to be and says that, you know, my father... Uh, defeated your father and took these cities from you, so I'm going to give them back. And I'm going to allow you to have a uh, streets for yourself in Damascus, just like my father made in Samaria. And then we'll make this our covenant between us. And then the chapter ends with the story of this prophet. He wants somebody to strike him as so kind of as a prop for what he's about to do. And uh, one man refuses to strike him, and so he says, go, a lion's going to eat you, and that happens. Then he asks another man to strike him, and he does. And so he, he looks wounded now, and he bandages himself up, and he, he waits for a king, the king Ahab to pass by. And when he does, he tells him a story. Uh, he, it, it's kind of like a, a parable, um, because he's letting Ahab have the judgment on himself by judging this story. So he says, your servant went out into the midst of the battle, and behold, a man turned aside and brought a man to me and said, guard this man. If for any reason he is missing, then your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. While I was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said to him, so shall your judgment be. You yourself have decided it. And so then the prophet takes away the bandage, and Ahab notices who he is. He says, Thus says the Lord, because you have let go of your hand the man whom I had devoted to destruction. Therefore your life shall go for his life, and for and your people for his people. So the king of Israel went to his house sullen and vexed, and came to Samaria. So basically God's saying, he doesn't say it here, but we, we know it's coming. Um, I'll, I'll still perform my own judgment on that king. But now there's also judgment on your house, um, which is a, a principle throughout Scripture. And, and that's it for today. God bless you.